Come on, why don't we give Jesus praise in this place? Come on, praise Him like He saved you. Praise Him like He blessed you. Hallelujah! It is definitely an honor to be here today. And I am, I feel overwhelmed with presence of the Lord in this place. Last night we were so blessed by the ministry of Brother Floyd Odom and what a message we heard. The power of the cross. It will never get old. By the help and grace of God, it will never get old. It will always be a blessing and fresh in my spirit. I give honor to Brother Godair today. I told my son, who I'm so glad was able to come with me. This is his first trip to Durham, and I told him as Brother Godair was leading the service last night, I said, you're looking at a living legend. That's truly how I feel about Bishop Godair today. So Honored to be here with this church family, First Pentecostal Church of Durham. All the ministers that are here today and saints of God that are here, I counted a high honor to stand in this pulpit today. And I hope that my voice can just add to the chorus of the men of God that have preached in this place and will preach, and that we can all work together to accomplish what God has. For East Coast Conference. Isaiah chapter 7 verse number 9. I told Brother McKillop that I am the appetizer and he will be the main course today. So if you don't get full on what I have to say, there's more to come. Amen. Hallelujah. Love and appreciate Brother McKillop and excited to hear him today. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 9. I want to preface our reading today in verse 7 of chapter 7 of Isaiah. We understand that the Lord is speaking to Isaiah. And this is what he says in verse 9. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria. The head of Samaria is Remaliah's son. If ye will not believe, surely ye shall not be established. I just want to read a couple of other translations of that last part of that verse. The ESV says, if you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. Unless your faith is firm... I cannot make you stand firm. And finally, that says, If your faith does not remain firm, then you will not remain secure. Today I just want to preach. I don't have anything fancy. There's no new revelation to give you today. 
I hope and I feel that my mandate today is just to strengthen you in the Holy Ghost. And I want to speak for a few moments from this thought. Firm faith. Firm faith. Would you lift your hands and ask that the Lord would speak to us today. Lord Jesus, we need you today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You may be seated. Appreciate all the texts and phone calls and, and all the people saying from our home church, they're listening. God bless you. Hallelujah. <clears throat> the only thing constant during the prophet Isaiah's lifetime was the instability of Judah and Israel. The fragmented nations were in a constant state of instability. Judah to the south and Israel to the north. And Isaiah's ministry was specific to Judah. However, there were times when God moved upon him and he did prophesy concerning the northern kingdom. In fact, in our uh, chapter text today, we, we hear the words of Isaiah and he tells uh, the king that within 65 years, Ephraim will be shattered. Our text comes from the 7th chapter of Isaiah and I want to share today a little bit of background with you concerning what we read today. You know, modern day politicians and Rulers would look like schoolgirls compared to the international actors on the 8th century geopolitical stage. They did things uh, quite underhanded, very differently than our democracies and republics today. And we come uh, in the background of this text, we see that uh, Rezin usurps the throne of Syria, First, Second Kings rather, Chapter 16 shares with us this detail. And so Rezin is required to pay tribute to the mighty Tiglath-Pileser III of Assyria. Tiglath-Pileser III gained power of the Neo-Assyrian Empire during a time of civil war by completely annihilating the royal family of Assyria. Tiglath-Pileser III is one of the great military leaders of the ancient world. He is the first to create a standing army. And it is under his command that this mighty army of Assyria goes and, and conquers the lands around uh, them. Assyria uh, became the military force in the Fertile Crescent and all other kingdoms and city-states were under threat of being sucked into the vortex of the powerful Assyrian Empire. It's interesting today, we talk, sang today about the King of Kings and 
this, uh, this thought that, that God Almighty is the King of Kings comes from something similar to what we're talking about today. There were kings under the king Tiglath-Pileser III. And so you have uh, these, these small, if you will, small town actors uh, that are under the control of this mighty man. It is against this backdrop that Rezin gained the support of a fellow usurper, Pekah of Israel. And he also gets the Philistines on board and other neighboring communities and kingdoms. And about this time, Jotham, uh, the king of Judah, dies. And Rezin sends a request to Judah's new king, Ahaz, to join the alliance against Assyria. Ahaz is young, he's inexperienced, but he refuses to join in their alliance. And so these two usurpers, these two small town players, uh, Rezin and Pekah, decide to to create a coup and to replace Ahaz, the king, with someone who would be more cooperative with their scheme. And so the Lord begins to speak to Isaiah, and Isaiah is informed of the details and of the purpose of the invasion, including the name that they hope to make king, the son of Tabil, who is otherwise unknown in Scripture. And the Lord speaks to Isaiah and He says in verse number 4, Say unto him, Take heed and be quiet. Fear not, neither be faint-hearted. For the two tails of these smoking firebrands, for the fierce anger of resin with Syria and of, of the son of Remaliah. He tells him, make sure, Ahaz, you stay calm. And don't be intimidated. Don't be fearful by these two men that are like smoking logs and their fire is about to go out. Isaiah's message is really simple. He just tells Ahaz, he says, it will not happen. What they're trying to do, God will not allow it to happen to you. So you just stay quiet, stay calm, don't be fearful, and don't be intimidated. Now there's a message in there for somebody today. I don't know what you're up against today, but the Lord wants to speak to you and tell you, sometimes you just need to keep your mouth shut. You don't need to be fearful, and you sure don't need to be intimidated by the devil. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. The prophet turns to Ahaz and his advisors and all of Judah with God's plan. And he expresses it in a word play. I don't want to be too technical today, but this is just what God has put in my spirit and uh, I, I want to share with you what I feel God has placed in my spirit. In, in verse 9 of our text, uh, the head of Ephraim is Samaria, the head of Samaria is Remaliah's son. If ye will not believe, surely ye shall not be established. 
Unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm. If you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. You see, the Hebrew word there means both to believe, it also means to be established, made stable, to stand firm. And the same word, believe and establish, it's the same word in the Hebrew. And the difference is, the first time that word is used, it's causative. The second time, it's passive. In other words, unless your faith is firm, unless you make yourself firm, you will not be firm. I want to tell somebody today, God wants to strengthen your faith. But when it's all said and done, it's up to you to strengthen your faith. No one else can do that for you. Unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm. You hear a lot of people, they want to be great pillars in the church and they want firm faith and they want to be great in God's kingdom. But every little trial that comes, every situation that comes, they're, they're out the door and they're backsliding and, and they got to pray back. I want to tell you, the only way you're going to become a pillar in the house of God is just to stand firm. Just stand firm. I told you I did not come with an eloquent message today with something far out. I just come to preach to some people in this room to strengthen you. Of all times, now is the time to have firm faith. Hallelujah. As my father often says, I'm so happy he's here today. Mr. John Ant, love them. Appreciate them being here today. But my father often says, it all hinges on a little big word. And that word is if. If. You see, our text today, it's a conditional statement. If you stand firm, I'll make you firm. The Word of God is replete with conditional statements. I think of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. If. If. Although Ahaz's reaction is not reported here in Isaiah, God is using this as a principle. He expects our actions to come from faith in Him. Not from faith in political or military powers. See, if you can solve the problem on your own, then you get all the credit. But if you know there is no way I can handle this on my own and I've got to have God Almighty 
then he gets all the glory, all the credit, all the honor. You know what the greatest fear I have for the apostolic church of the 21st century is? The greatest fear I have is that we become so self-reliant. We know how to fundraise. We know how to sing. We know how to administrate. We know how to do all of this stuff. And we can can rely on the arm of the flesh forgetting that it still takes God's anointing and help. It reminds me of the words of Zechariah, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Jehoshaphat stood and he said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe in His prophets, so shall ye prosper! It's conditional. It's conditional. The whole crux of the matter is conditional. It's if. Unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm. If your faith is firm then I'm going to help you stay firm. There's one more important meaning. The word found in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 9. The key verb that we are talking about today is translated as faith or believe or established. It comes from the root word that also means amen. Therefore, when we say amen... We are confirming our faith in the Word of God. Now some preachers will get up here and say, I don't preach for your amens. I don't preach for your response. So I'm going to tell you, you may not preach for their response, but God wants them. He wants the church to respond to His Word. Because when the preacher is preaching the anointed Word of God, and you say amen, you're saying Let it be established. So be it. So I appreciate every amen. I I appreciate the response of the audience. I believe God does too. An entire doctrine of the role of faith is encapsulated in this verse of our text today. If you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. See, the exercise of faith involves obedience. Without obedience, Bishop Godair, there is no reward. Samuel said in 1 Samuel 15, 22, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. In 1 Kings chapter 2, verse number 4, when David gives his charge to Solomon, he couches his promise 
in terms conditioned on Solomon's walking faithfully before God. When the prophet Ahijah presents God's challenge to Jeroboam to be king over ten tribes, it is again couched in conditions of obedience. If the conditions are fulfilled, God will build for Jeroboam a sure house. I've been praying and thinking a lot about this text. And, and, and in the course of preparing for all of this, I asked the Lord a question. I said, what does firm faith look like? What does firm faith look like? And I felt like the Lord spoke back to me and said, look at Abraham, the father of the faith. And you'll see what firm faith looks like. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 4, verse number 20, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. Listen to this. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. He staggered not. Now think about it for a moment. An old man came out from the land of the Chaldeans, called by God, had no idea really where he was going, had no, no real clue as to what God had in store for him. Oh, yes, he heard that his descendants would be as the stars in the heaven and they would be as, as plenteous as the granules of, of sand on the seashore. But at this point in his life, he had already followed God for many years and here he is, he's old and it doesn't look like God's plan is going to come to pass. But he did not stagger. He did not waver. You want to know what firm faith looks like? It looks like a man that knows his time has passed for having a son, and yet he still believes God will provide a son. I don't know who's in here today that's going through a trial or maybe God's promised you something and it's been months or years or even decades and the promise is still not fulfilled. I just want to tell you today, you need to stand flat-footed. Don't stagger. Don't waver. Don't be moved by unbelief. Stand still and God will perform. See, see, this is how it works. There's a progression. Because Abraham did not waver and was not moved, 
his faith became stronger. Our problem is when God doesn't move, see, we live in the microwave generation, the drive through generation, the vending machine. We just think, you know, you punch the button, put some coins in, and it comes right out, and we go on our merry way, and we fuss and bicker and complain that it took five minutes through the Starbucks drive through But let me tell you, sometimes God just wants you to wait. And in the waiting, your faith becomes stronger because you know I'll never be able to do it on my own. It'll never happen because of me. But when it does happen, it'll be all God. tell you you want to know you want to know when Abraham got, gave God the most glory it wasn't when he held little Isaac in his hands his arms it wasn't when he sat on the on the chair and put his little boy up on his knee no when when Abraham gave God the most glory was when nothing in his life was making sense He heard a voice from heaven. He went where God led him. But at that point, nothing had happened. That's when Abraham gave God the most glory. Let me tell you, you don't give God the most glory on the mountaintop. Oh, I know you may be able to sing a little freer and dance. Maybe. But the most glory you can ever give God is when you're in the valley. And the shadow of death is pressing on you. The most glory you'll ever give God is when the winds are howling and the waves are beating and the lightning is flashing. Think with me just for a moment. I'm really close to being finished. Think with me just for a moment. He finally gets the son. Isaac's finally born. And that familiar voice calls again on another day. It says, Abraham, I want you to take your son. Your only son. That just lets us know that we better never try to do it ourselves because God only sees one way he only saw Isaac he didn't see Ishmael he says I want you to take your only son and I want you to take him to Moriah and on the peak of Moriah I want you to build an altar take rope Abraham Take wood, Abraham, and don't forget, take some fire and take a knife. Because today, you're going to sacrifice your promise. And it was in those moments that Abraham's faith grew firm and strong. It wasn't when he was born. It was in those moments of testing 
And I just believe because of Abraham's obedience, because of the strength and the firmness of his faith, God provided himself a sacrifice. See, we want, we want the intervention. We want the relief. <laughs> we want the breakover. We want the conclusion of the matter. But until we're willing to go all the way and stand firm where God is calling us, we'll never get the intervention. The answer will not come. The, the resolution will not come. It's only in those moments where God sees our unwavering faith that He rewards. It, it almost seems circular. Circular reasoning, if you will. And really, it is circular reasoning. Because the more firm you stand, the firmer you become. The more flat-footed you stand and established you stand, the more God makes you able to stand. It really is circular. It all works together. See, his unwavering faith made him stronger in faith. And the stronger his faith, the more stable and sure Abraham became. I'm reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. The Apostle Peter said, Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Firm in the faith. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. In other words, you're not the only one going through hardships and difficulties. There's others going through hardships and difficulties. A couple of weeks ago, we had a very tragic thing happen in our church. A young man was away from God, out in a boat at midnight, or there around, and he was fishing with some buddies. We don't know what all happened, but we do know that the boat capsized. and They went over and they swam to shore. And somehow it made sense to them, to those looking on now, we don't understand why, but they decided to get back in the water and swim to the other side to where the truck was. And in those moments, this young man that's, been born and raised in our church. Something happened and he went under the water and he drowned. And I watched as his grandmother, who raised him, his mother, away from God, very tragic, very sad, very sad situation. But I watched as his grandmother came to church that Sunday morning after the tragic event. And I saw her lift her hands. Tears streaming down her face. I know she had questions and 
worries and her heart was filled with grief and pain. But in those moments, I watched as Sister Jerry Lucas stood there. And I'm telling you today, there's never been anyone I've seen any firmer in her faith than at that moment lifting her hands in the house of God. I just want to tell somebody in this room today, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter the problem, the situation, just stand firm and He will make you firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. Don't let it waver you. Don't let it knock you down. I'm quickly coming to a close, but you may ask, how do we become firm in the faith? What does it look like? I showed you what it looked like in the life of Abraham. And I just really just started writing things down as God gave them to me. So this isn't a, a, a complete list. It's not exhaustive, but... It's just what I felt. How do we become firm in the faith? Well, I feel like the first would be hearing the word of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want to grow your faith? Come to church and hear the preacher preach the word of God. You want to be firm in faith? Listen to the preacher instead of texting on your phone. <laughs> Amen the preacher instead of yawning. You what? Is he ever going to be fit? <laughs> Hearing the word of God. Number two, obeying. How do we become firm? Obeying the word of God. Being a doer of the word. James 1, 22, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away at once, forgets what he was like. Be a doer of the word. It's great to amen. But it's better to do. Number three, how do we become firm in the faith? Resisting the devil. James 4 and 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Think about Jesus' encounter with Satan Matthew chapter 4, the tempter came and Jesus answered, it is written. You just need to tell the, the devil the end of his story sometimes. You just need to tell him, devil, I know what's going to happen to you in the end. How 
how do we become firm in the faith? This is the last one. Fortifying your faith. Jude 1. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Oh, it grieves me when I hear people make disparaging comments about all this speaking in tongues and, and even people that would say you don't have to speak in tongues but when you get the Holy Ghost initially and that's good enough I'm going to tell you I can't imagine living my life without breaking through in the Holy Ghost every day you want to have firm faith get out on your knees and pray to your speaking of a tongue the Spirit knows what we have need of. We don't even truly understand what we need, but the Holy Ghost knows. And when you allow the Holy Ghost to speak through you, He begins to pray through you and you immediately become solidified and your feet become planted firmly on the rock of our salvation. Revelation chapter 3, be seated one more time. Revelation chapter 3, verse number 2, to the church at Sardis, be watchful, listen, and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard. Listen, hold Fast and repent. Hold fast. That just that doesn't mean just grab it, but it also implies stay. Don't be moved. Don't vacillate. Don't waver. Hold fast to what you've received and you heard. You can come to the music. Jesus' parable of the two houses best illustrates how best to build one's life. Jesus contrasts the foundations of two houses and the effects of the same storm upon these two houses. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended. The floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. I believe God is speaking to each and every one of us here today. When you commit to remaining firm in faith, He sees it, He notices it, and He will strengthen your faith. Stand with me today. And when the rains come and the winds blow and 
they beat upon the house. If the house, if your life is built on the rock, Christ Jesus, there is no storm that will be able to knock it down. Think about the old hymn from, I believe it's 1834. Edward Moat wrote, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, my righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils His lovely face, I rest on His unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, His anchor holds within the veil. His oath, His covenant, His blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, He then is all my hope and stay. When He shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in Him be found. In Him my righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is seeking sand. All other ground is seeking sand. I wonder if there's anybody right now, you just lift your hands. Maybe you want to just step out where you are and just tell God, I'm going to build on the rock. I'm going to stand firm. I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to be blown about with every whim of false doctrine. I'm going to hold fast. I'm going to be committed. Strengthen my faith, oh God. Oh God. Come on, just pray right now. Come on, there's somebody in this room. You've got great needs. You've been through hardship. Maybe you're still in the storm. I'm just here to tell you, stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. My hope is built on nothing Come on, let's respond today to the Word of God. Hallelujah! We'll do ourselves a disabler if we don't respond.